Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, hidey ho, neighbor. Inside Sports on 6.30 Chad. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks for tuning in tonight. We're with you until 9 o'clock. Thanks to Kevin Carius from Global Television for dropping by. He'll be joining us every Wednesday. Remember, we got the big auction on 630Ched.com. You want to play golf with Jordan Eberle and Grant Fuhr? My goodness, the current bid up to $2,005. Go to 630Ched.com. Click on the link. This is to play with Eberle and Fuhr and get a whole bunch of other cool stuff at the Celebrity Pro-Am at the Glendale on Monday leading into the Oil Country Championship, a new event coming to Edmonton, part of the McKenzie Tour. Well... Pleased to welcome our next guest back to the show, proud Western Canadian, now working for the Fan 590 in Toronto. It is Andrew Walker. Andrew, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Great. Always great to be back, Reed. Yeah, it's always great to have you on the show, and i got to lead off with a really hard-hitting question here because something I saw on, on your Twitter account struck me as kind of amusing today, if true. Were you tweeting about the Kevin Costner movie Draft Day? <laughs> yes, uh, yes, uh, I I was discussing that via Twitter a little bit this morning. Uh, I saw, I, I it's one of those classic, no, well, not classic, but one of those sports movies where you wonder about the realism of it. And uh, and I saw this article today on uh, on on the Ringer that you know graded the Cleveland Browns draft in the movie, and and it was pretty funny. You know, it, it's funny because having worked in sports most of my adult life a lot of people say to me well you must be a huge fan of sports movies and I got to tell you Andrew actually I'm not and it's for that very <laughs> realism factor you mentioned it, you know in a in a football movie every hit is you know bone shattering in a hockey movie every winning goal is with 0.1 second on the clock you know in a in a basketball movie the the kid off the bench always scores the three pointer like it's just you know I I know it's it's hollywood but I but I'm at the point where it's like I don't know could somebody just make a gritty, more realistic sports movie. And, and you're right, draft day, I mean, if trades like that ever happen in real life, I think all the uh, NFL Network panelists' heads would explode. <laughs> I mean, we've seen some crazy moments at, at drafts and some crazy mind-blowing trades, but um, I, I, the thing I can't get over, because that movie in and of itself is like, it's actually fairly well done, except for these these like little moments where, uh, like Kevin Costner's the GM of the, of the Cleveland Browns in the movie, and and uh, and things begin to fall their way when the number one guy starts slipping, and so he kind of like jumps into action. And there's this one scene that I that I just love in the movie because it's so well done, except for the realism of it, where he realizes like maybe they can have their cake and eat it too if everything goes right. 
So he, you know, goes to his his war room basically and says, "Who's picking at six? And they and they say, "The Jacksonville Jaguars are." And then Costner says, "Who's the GM there?" And they're like, they're all like looking for the name. They're like that new kid. They're like, "Yeah, take advantage of him." Like, what kind of a GM doesn't know who picks at number six overall? or who the GM is in the respective city. And, like, the movie just glosses over it. And then, of course, he takes advantage of him like it's a fantasy pool. Like, I don't know, I just, I die. I die laughing. It's so funny. Um, but to that point, like, top of my head, I don't know, to be honest, if if there is a sports movie out there that is, like, by the book, absolutely realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know, I know... The movie Miracle, I thought the, the actual hockey playing was pretty good, um, but that's, of course, a reenactment, so they're not going to take, um, you know, over creative uh, license. Um, I, you know, I, I guess Bull Durham was an interesting look at, at the minors, but, like, to be honest, I, I don't know if there's ever been a, a movie where, ever, where, where like, the, the maybe, maybe the on the ice or on the field and, and in the war rooms and the negotiations maybe would be, too boring and too slow moving for most people. I don't know. Yeah, I thought the program had some merit, but that's probably 20 years old now. Uh, the yeah, college football one. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess, um, I mean, Moneyball wasn't too bad, but again, it's based on a, on a true story. Right. And, so, and yeah. what was funny about that one is, uh, you know, of course, everybody knows the whole movie was fixated on David Justice and Scott Hatterberg and and Ray Durham, and like, you know, it was like. It was all math or something when, you know, it just so happened they had four dynamite pitchers or three dynamite pitchers under team control on cheap, cheap deals. And the MVP of the American League and Miguel Tejada, the movie doesn't even mention those guys. So, And Philip Seymour Hoffman as Art Howe, who actually got destroyed in the book and then again in the movie. So <laughs> <I wonder laughs> yeah. like Art Howe is probably like, yeah. great. And plus he looks nothing like, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, obviously since passed away. They look <laughs> nothing alike. But <laughs> I did. I, I did think that the the trade dealings in in that movie, though, um, I thought that was a little more accurate. I did like those scenes in 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 Moneyball when he's you know trying to deal deal cash and save the bottom line. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, fair enough. Andrew Walker joining us tonight. He's from the Fan Five Ninety in Toronto, a regular uh, contributor to Inside Sports. Good to have you on again. All right, or sorry, I guess it's Sportsnet Five Ninety, the Fan in Toronto. I, I always got to yes, get the, yes, the wording right. Yeah. You got to get that. Yeah, that's okay. Everyone knows it's the Fan Five Ninety, but you know this business. You got the right branding. That's right. Uh, the Blue Jays uh, bats are going. Uh, pull it out ten four over the D backs. Well, I mean they they were control. They were in control. Arizona got some late runs. Uh, so. It was pretty much a cakewalk for the Blue Jays. They're they're what they're flying here. What do you make of this Bautista for Puig possibility that's uh, been floating around out there? It's not a possibility. I don't even know who floated that. No, this is this is like what I say all the time. Like people gotta remember um, because people talk about like oh, there's no contract for Encarnacion and Bautista, and you know what about like they focus on the wrong things. Like what are we gonna do if we don't have a you know get a get a you know another arm for the bullpen stop looking what you don't have and look at what you have on this team like this is i like to call it super team and super team is is back this is a team that has a fantastic starting rotation better than anyone anticipated and you know the only reason they're only 12 games above 500 at this point is because the offense took a couple months to get on track well guess what that offense that we saw in the second half last year 
it's back. And not only is it back, but they have the real Troy Tulowitzki. Their MVP is maybe having a better season than he did the year before. And they're getting Jose Bautista back in the lineup, who's a two-time home run champ. Like, people sweat the small stuff. I just I don't understand it, especially for a market and a country. I consider the country the market. They went 22 <laughs> years of the playoff baseball. Like, and now you're, you're, you're the reigning um, ALCS runner-up, and, and you're on pace to be right back there, and you know baseball. There's no favorites. If you're in the postseason, you've got a chance to win it all. And people sweat the small stuff, and I, like, I just I don't understand it. <laughs> well said. Let me ask you this, though. You're a, a, a proud Western Canadian by, by your roots, and, of course, we've talked about your, uh, your strong Saskatchewan ties. Are you personally uh, sweating the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? Where are you at, buddy? I hate to remind um, you, they're 5-25 and would, in their last 30. I know. I was, I was worse. I had a worse feeling last year. Okay. I think that the fact that, that Darian Durant's not going to be out uh, long-term makes me feel better. doesn't make me feel great. Um, but I'm not quite in. I'm not quite in. Oh God, it's happening again. Mode um, like like a lot of people are. I mean that can soon change. But the CFL, there's 18 weeks. You you start 0 3 in the NFL, you're toast. You're screwed. Um, the CFL, you can still get a home playoff date quite easy. So we'll see. I uh, I know people want Chris Jones to to fail there, but I think um, and I think you'd have to admit too, they got the right guy there. So um, we will see. I mean. I hate I hate playing 20 yards off the ball in that loss at Edmonton in week two. I'm not saying they deserve to win, but the game was at a juncture where they should have won. They probably should have won last week against BC. So I'm not I'm not sweating it yet, but but 0 and 3 is not ideal. That's for sure. And Durant's got to be healthy, as you know. Yeah, and. Durant's excellent. So yeah, it's unfortunate we don't get to see him play. I got I got a lot of respect for him. Before I let you go, we gotta get some hockey talk in here. What's going on with Austin Matthews? No ELC with the Leafs. What, <laughs> what, what people must be losing their minds. Like what's taking so, so long? I, I just I just ripped Blue Jays fans for for not knowing what the hell's going on. And uh, and wouldn't you know it? These were supposed to be smart hockey fans in Toronto, but you you'd be amazed at. You know how many people are like, we're going to lose this kid. It's no, you're not going to lose this kid. I mean, this is how Lou does business, and it's a little annoying. It's a little eye-rolling, but whatever. He'll get on his deal, and and then he'll get 51 points his rookie season, and people will be all mad because he doesn't have 100. That's just how it works. But, no, to be honest, like, you know, I grew up in the West. Um, not a Leafs hater. Like, I don't have the disdain. I didn't grow up with the disdain for the Leafs like a lot of people out West do. Um but you know, I, I am a I am an unbiased opinion because I like I don't I don't I don't hate the Leafs I don't love the Leafs I don't lay awake at night if they if they lose, but I can tell people and I try to tell people here like they're on the right track like the Leafs have never done things the right way they finally have the right guys in place Babcock's Babcock's the, the best coach in the game um, Shanahan kind of is that guy with the mightiest touch it's going to take some time but if they don't deviate from their plan like honestly Reed I I think they're setting up pretty good. Well, I think they did the right thing by getting a coach in there right at the 
start of the rebuild, if you want to call it that. And fans who listen to my show know I kind of hate that term, rebuild, because A, it sort of doesn't apply in Edmonton anymore, and to me it kind of gives teams an excuse to be bad for a couple of years. But I understand, you know, where it comes from. But, uh, I, I mean, the part of the Oilers' problem was changing coaches every year to a year and a half for, for a while. Definitely so. part of it, and I, and I think they got the right guy in there as well. And, of course, a new rink and Mick David helps everything too. I, I like I, I, I say that here because again, yeah, it's this this war between West and East, and of course, people in Toronto like to like to piss and moan about the Oilers, and it's very true. But there's a sense of uh, there's to me anyway, there's a sense of inevitability around the Oilers. Um, like guys like Connor McDavid, who is um, the best. I think he's the best player since since Gretzky. I really do. Um, those guys win, and you and and I mean, there's one reason that Milan Lucic is now at Edmonton Oilers, and that's because they have Connor McDavid. Like, it's there's a sense of inevitability in Edmonton. It will happen, and everyone that disagrees just because what's gone on in previous management, I like, I, I think I think you're crazy. <laughs> Boy, you just you just think everybody in the country is pretty dumb, don't you? Uh, maybe I'm just in one of those moods. This is talking to me, put you to sour. But sir, I'll ask you a question. I understand. I understand the Oiler doubt more than I do the Blue Jays doubt. I will. I will say that because you get beaten to submission over over eight nine years, you begin to expect the worst. But yeah, I'm telling about new rink and McDavid. It's it's going to change that city. Okay, quickly before I let you go, the Oilers went from 24 to 31 wins. Last year, uh, I think they go from 31 to 38 this year. I'm calling another seven-win improvement. What do you, well, how, how many do you think they can win this year? Uh, I think I think that's fair. Uh, I'm going to say that there's going to be um, no talk of there's going to be no talk of lottery. I think that in the second half, this team will be talking about playoffs and probably fall a little bit short. I think this is the final year they miss, and then they never miss again. That's what I think. All right, Andrew. If they if if they got their goalie, and I think they got their goalie. Yeah, I think that Talbot was pretty encouraging uh, from the mid mid December on, and I think he learned a lot, and you, and you hear a lot of good things about his work ethic. Tell you what, I'll have you on again when Bautista gets traded for a couple of double A guys. Okay. <laughs> oh, please do that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Take care. Right on. That is Andrew Walker checking in. Love having him on the show. He's from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Hosts the afternoon show there. And, yes, the Blue Jays uh, on that station did win today 10-4 over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Bernard, would you like to give away four Eskimos tickets to see the Hamilton Tiger Cats take on the Eskimos on Saturday? You know who's performing at halftime? Florida. Oh, I think it's pronounced Florida. No, it's Florida. Uh, not only will the Eskimos tickets get you into the building for the game on Saturday, it will also give you free admission to K-Days after the game. We're going to take caller number 3, 780-496-0063. And we're back after this break. Open up the champagne. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad. Is this Flo Rida? It is. What song is this? It's My House, his is this, latest. Is, is this his big one? Yep. Uh, we have given away the Eskimo tickets. I think we'll have more to give away tomorrow. Okay. How's that sound? That sounds really good. I hope there's no profanity in this song. Welcome to my 
No profanity. Oh, I've heard this song. Yeah. Is he gonna perform this one? I think so. <laughs> you know. I the think so. You yes. know the set list, eh, Bernard? I don't know. I just think he, he, he should be. He should be. If not, Bernard will be disappointed. Yep. <laughs> All right. We were having that talk about uh, sports movie authenticity or the lack of it with Andrew Walker. A few people texted Friday Night Lights seemed uh, very authentic. That is, uh, of course, based on a true story. Friday Night Lights was a, was a, a book documenting a season. Was it the Permian Panthers? And then they made a movie about it which I think stuck pretty close to the book. And uh, the TV show, I, I don't know how close that was to reality. I think that was totally fictionalized, was it not? But, uh, yeah, do, I guess we... Do we put them in different categories? Do we put them in different categories? Sports movies based on reality as opposed to completely fictional sports movies? I, I think maybe they have to go in different categories when you're talking about uh, authenticity. Uh, tell you what, I'm in a giving mood, Bernard. So get me a get me a contestant on the line, because we also have a pair of days passes to the Oil Country Championship next week. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. But you okay. have to answer a trivia question live on air with me, Reed Wilkins. Sound fine? Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Get in on that. Uh, we got. Uh, Mark texting in says he uh, he likes blue chips college basketball movie. Was that not with Shaq and Nick Nolte? I think that was the one with Shaq and Nick Nolte. That sounds you know what? Blue chips sounds like the type of movie uh, a junior hockey team would watch on a bus trip. You know what I mean? Like you throw it in there, Shaq's a big deal at the time. You're probably driving back after playing Sherwood Park or, you know, maybe you, maybe you had a game in Olds, something like that, and you throw blue chips in on the VCR on the bus, right? We got Barry on the line. Barry, you want to win these uh, golf tickets to the Oil Country Championship? Sure, I'd love to. You know where the Glendale is? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, I gotta ask, you got to answer a trivia question, though, and I, if you follow golf, it should be pretty easy. Plus, I mentioned the answer on the show earlier tonight. Okay. Who won the Canadian Open last year? Oh, Jason Day. Jason Day. Stay on the line, okay? Okay. That was easy. Jason Day won the Canadian Open. Barry's all over that. Uh, Sprint 7 says, or sorry, Wade, says the trick about sports movies is to not analyze the movie. I raced Sprint car for 24 years. And uh, it never ruined Days of Thunder for me. Just enjoy it. See, Wade, that is my problem. That is my problem. I can't just enjoy something without analyzing it. I'm bad at shutting my brain off and just watching a movie and not worrying about it. I admit, I admit it. And, I, I, and, and I'm also going to admit it annoys several people in my life. <laughs> it's, it's probably annoyed uh, several of you. As, as you've listened to this show, um, I can't just sit there and, and if I see, if I'm watching a sports movie and I think, oh, that's, that's too over the top, and then something else happens and that's too over the top, then I, then I start getting annoyed. I know, I got a problem. I'm a bad human being. 
Uh, Ron and Red Deer, based on a true story, Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory is not based on a true story. There, there has never been an all-male uh, Paris figure skating team. Ron from Red Deer. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Michael says, I thought any given Sunday was supposed to be borderline realistic. Uh, that was a good movie. I think that was one of the better sports movies. D- didn't uh, didn't a player lose an eyeball in the final game in any given Sunday? I, I think he uh, I think he might have. Uh, Paul texting in. He goes, uh, the longest yard seemed quite accurate. Also, this summer you should do a segment on super dogs and how super they are. It would be great. Thanks, Paul. Okay, Paul. Well, Paul, first of all, I appreciate you for being a loyal listener. I didn't really, I, I appreciate that you've been listening ever since last summer where I went on a rant about the super dogs. I don't think they're super. They're mediocre dogs. They make too many mistakes. Uh, the longest yard, there, are there not two versions of the longest yard? The Burt Reynolds one, and then was it Adam Sandler in, uh, in the remake? I, you know, I don't even remember if I've watched those or not. Uh, all right. Michael likes uh, Slapshot. Oh, we got Jolina saying she uh, she likes Blue Chips as well. I'm sure Blue Chips was uh, was Shaq and Nick Nolte. Taylor says the most realistic sports movie ever is Slapshot, especially when the Hansons put on the foil. Well, there you go. Perfect stuff. Tell you what we're going to do. Maybe we'll ask uh, Jelena Mergenovich what her favorite boxing movie is. The WBC and WBA women's featherweight champ is going to be in studio when we get back. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chat. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Thank you very much for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins, special guest in studio, welcoming back to the big program, Jelena Mergenovich, WBC and WBA Women's Featherweight Boxing Champion. Did I get the alphabet right? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Which one, my last name or my titles? Well, your last name's interesting as, too, uh, as well, but, but it, it's easy once you know the D is silent, basically, right? Yeah. What, yeah. what, uh, what? Uh, is, is your uh, background? Yeah, your nationality. Well, my, well, my mom—I'm a mutt mix. I'm like an atomic bomb, really, because my dad is Serbian and my mom's French Irish. So, really, it should have been illegal for them to procreate. <laughs> oh, that's nice. So Serbian. Yeah. Um, so did you? Did they? Did somebody in your family add the H? Yeah, did, my dad added actually the D and the H. And why did he add the D? Or the D? Yeah. Uh, just. Just so you can get through it. I mean, it's probably just to intimidate people. <laughs> well, I mean, it actually is. It, like it's it's not like Mike Shashevsky. No, yeah. Like I've had people say to me, like, I thought Mike Shashevsky coached Duke. Who's Kruzawuski? I'm like, no, that's the same coach. <laughs> you just say it's Shashevsky. They just look intimidating. Well, your first name's easy enough. Uh, all right. So, uh, first of all, how's life? I haven't seen you for a while. It's good. Good. Uh, took some time off, just kind of hitting the gym again, but enjoyed some family time and some golf time with Milan and, you know, just kind of hanging out. You, you had two big black eyes when I saw you. 
Oh, yeah, that was major, right after the fight. So, <laughs> How long did it take for those to go away? Well, the, the black guys went away quite quickly, but I still have a little bit of a scar. We had a little minor infection underneath the scarring, but um, it didn't take long. I had a few funny looks for a while, actually. I I usually get away on the, like a mini vacation after, and I, I went down to L.A. to watch Glovekin fight, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting on the plane, and there was, I must have got stairs left, right, and center. And I was sitting, this guy, I hadn't even met him yet, and I was sitting next to him, and the poor guy was getting, like, dirty looks, like, left, right. Oh, jeez, that's horrible. And he's, he's just a random guy just, in the seat yeah, next to you. Yeah, so it was quite funny. Do you get, uh, do you ever get recognized in public? Uh, when I go to fights, yes, like a lot of fights stuff. Uh, Edmonton fans are amazing. So when you go to any kind of football or anything like around the arenas and stuff, definitely. Um, you know. So more of a sporting event people yeah. will be into. Yeah. Because I, I, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw you at the downtown market on Saturday. Yeah. I was too shy to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm pretty intimidating. <laughs> Well, I didn't want to be the media guy that bothers the interview subject uh, in 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 public. But uh, uh, so you won. When was that fight? Was it March? Yeah, March eleventh. March eleventh. Uh, you won back the belts. Yes. Right. Well, I won my belt back, and I actually this is the first time I captured the WBA title. So I've never been a WBA champion. So I'm. That made like eight, eight-time world champion. Eight, eight belts in total. Yeah. So now you uh, got another fight on the, on the horizon. So give us the lowdown on this. So I am fighting in France, October eighth. Um, I'm fighting a French girl. Um, I'm sure I'm hacking her name up too, but it's uh, Gail Amend. Or I know how to spell it, but that's <laughs> fine. For, for your fight, Gail. That's fine. <laughs> yes. Um, and she's 14 and 0, so she's an undefeated fighter. Comes straight forward a little bit. Um, comes to fight like so, not a, not a ton of power. So hopefully, hopefully my power prevails. But you know, it should be a good fight. The thing with undefeated fighters is they don't know how to lose. So they they won't quit. They won't back down. They don't they don't have that hesitation. Mm-hmm. Um, I always enjoy fighting undefeated fighters and taking away the you know you know how you have like the hope and the you know someone's undefeated you're like so good i love knocking them off yeah you want to crush their dreams totally that's great (laughs) Uh, how long has she been on your radar or perhaps on the uh, you know elite level boxing radar in general uh i think she i've been on hers mostly um you know a lot of uh, fighters from europe it's hard to really keep track of all of them with all the different countries and stuff and um i'm not exactly sure where she's rated but um but i think more sh- i've been on hers they've called us twice we had um this fight lined up the march 11th fight lined up and we were like and i was not a champion at the time so um but now the, the thing with being a world champ is you're on everybody's radar right. um so you just kind of pick and choose when you when you pick when you want to fight so this one appealed to us because she is undefeated, and I haven't fought an undefeated fighter in a while, so um, that's really exciting for me. So will both your belts be on the line here? How does this work? As far as I know right now, I, I believe so. I want them to be. I think every time you fight, you can't defend them one and not the other. Right. I mean, you might as well just, I'm a package deal, so I come WBA, WBC for sure. Um, I know they want the WBC belt, and that's the one is kind of more cherished to my heart because I've been a WBC champ since I started. So um, I've been a 
Yeah, a decade. Just over a decade I've been a WBC champ. You know, i got to ask you this question. Has, has boxing ever thought about just having one league? Is that is that so hard? <laughs> right? And it's like... Uh, I mean, I, yeah, because... I don't I don't know the answer to that, but there is I mean there's a ton, but the three major ones would be the WBC, WBA and then the WBO. So what happened to the IBF? It's uh, and they haven't really had the their champions fight the other champions, right? So there's it used not like to be, a true Cuz when Tyson unified the heavyweight title back when I really followed the men's heavyweight yeah. division. It was WBA, WBC, and IBF. Yeah. And I don't even know if there was a WBO at that time. No. And the the IBF kind of, they weren't as active and so they've kind of, they're still there. They're just not as active and people don't really want that belt because they're not as active, basically. So why don't you try to get the WBO belt? Uh, actually, I want to, and the girl who has that right now is Amanda Serrano out of New York, and we've tried to fight her a few times, and they've there's always been something. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to come. They don't want to come to Canada because I think one of the sisters can't cross the border. Oh wow! This is and, I got to get her on right? the show. <laughs> and uh, the other one, the other, uh, you know, it's always an excuse or something. So I'm sure that fight will eventually happen, and I think it'd be a great fight. Um, she's a good little fighter and a little bit less experienced than I do, but I think you'll find that with everybody in female boxing now. That must be so, so frustrating. Because it's not like, okay, I can tell you when the Eskimos are playing. I can tell you what dates the Oilers are going to play going into the middle of April. But you have to schedule things and you'll want to prefer. I assume you would prefer to fight some people other than others. You clearly want to be challenged. You don't shrink away from other high caliber fighters just so you can build up your record, right? But I'm sure some fighters do that. 100%. And that's part of the problem with having the different organizations, right? Some guys don't want to fight the tough guys. And you have that problem right now um, in the middleweight division with Gennady Golovkin, um, Saul Canelo, um, Canelo Alvarez, and uh, Andre Ward. Like, you have all those guys who are all amazing fighters, um, but they don't want to fight each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, Andre Ward's a little different weight class, but um, Canelo vacated his title because he didn't want to fight Triple G right now. Well, that's kind of dumb. Like, if you want to be a champion, like, right. I would never just be like, oh, I don't want to fight that girl. Here, you can have my belt. Like, Right. As if that would ever happen. Right. But that's what Canelo did because some of these guys are just afraid to fight. And I think that's the problem with fighting nowadays. Like the Tyson days, you saw wars, you know, yeah. like the, you know, the heavyweights back in the day. People threw down. And now the problem is people are a little afraid. They want to build the records and make these big fights happen. Um, and that's what's, what the issue is in boxing right now is the, the big guys don't want to fight. No, and 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 now see, I I don't follow UFC, and I'll admit that's probably a weakness of mine as a, as a sports broadcaster because I don't I don't talk about it a lot. But it seems to me they've done something well by they have their UFC every month. Yeah. So they they do have kind of a schedule. It's I I mean I know the card could could change, but at least they say we're going to give you something big. Every, every so often, right? Yeah, and their thing is they're saturating the market a little bit. However, if you say no to a fight, you're not going to get a contract. Because it's the gonna, only league. You're going to it's the big league, right? And and they're very um they're very sharp with keeping their guys fighting good guys. And if you say no, you're going to be put on the shelf. You're signed with the UFC, and you could be waiting a year to fight. And that's the problem. And 
that's your business. This is your job. That's how you pay the bills. So if you aren't fighting, you aren't making money. So, Jelena Mergenovich, WBC and WBA Women's Featherweight Champion Studio. So, you got this fight lined up for October. Um, you kind of touched on this, but I mean, a lot of a lot of options. How do the negotiations go? I mean, how? Why was this ultimately? You mentioned the undefeated thing, but there must have been other factors in getting this going. Um, it's a good fight. Europe is always good to go to for women's boxing. Um, we're still, I mean, in Edmonton, we're different because I've been here for 14 years now building the fan base. But um, the U.S. And, and other places in Canada aren't really huge for women's boxing, whereas uh, Mexico, South America, and Europe especially um, have had really great support with women's boxing. And... And that's kind of what we're going for for this fight is we want to go somewhere in Europe, maybe put our toes in the ocean there and see what we can maybe get. Maybe we can get a really big fight out there. Okay. Um, hopefully, and it's something different. It's now, now not a lot of women are wanting to come to Canada fight me in my backyard. Um, they feel like we have, you know, favoritism, whatever. Um, really, that's not the case. I think, you know... It, fighting in Edmonton is more fair than anywhere I think in the world but um, that's always a concern for trainers and managers and promoters so um, I don't know Mel Mel um, from KO Boxing made this one happen they contacted her they offered us great money to go there and uh, and fight an undefeated girl so for me if the if the girl had a 50-50 record this fight wouldn't be happening right um this is what the challenge is for me. She's undefeated. She's like a little pit bull kind of thing. Um, and that's what makes it exciting for me. I don't usually ask, excuse me, um, who I'm fighting. I just say when. Right. And the only reason actually now why I ask is because I want to have a challenge. If there isn't a challenge, I mean, this will be my 48th fight. Right. So if it's not a challenge, then it's kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, I want to make right? the, I want to make the rest of them count. Yeah. So this one, undefeated, her backyard in Europe. It'll be a great fight. What's your training right like right now? Are are you sparring? Or are you doing other stuff? What's a what's a day like for you? Uh, well, we just this is our second week full training, so I'm doing two days right now. So, for example, this morning I went to River Valley Health, uh, the base there, and just did some strength and conditioning, um, some fast twitch stuff, which I'm terrible at. And uh, and then I went boxing in the evening, and that's where we actually sparred today with a little uh, little girl, a little amateur girl, and she was she's the same thing. She's just so aggressive, but she's going to fight. So I went in there, worked with her a bit, and then you hit the bag and do stuff like that. So boxing in the evening, conditioning in the morning. Um, I do all my stuff at the base at River Valley River Valley Health, and they're amazing. Um, totally kind of keeping my body in check considering this has been 48 fights so <laughs> you know got to keep the wheels moving somehow <laughs> Jelena Vergenovic joining us uh, in studio getting ready to uh, defend her belts in October in France um, so do, but you gave yourself a period after the March fight where were you relatively inactive almost completely inactive I mean we, we talked shortly after the fight and you were like it was I think three days after the fight, yeah. so I mean, you still weren't doing yeah. much. But were you kind of sedentary for a couple of weeks or what? For a bit, and then I, I can't, sit, I don't sit still well, so I started going on a few runs here and there. Um, 
started I've I've been doing a lot of golf with Milan and this is the thing he's coached me in boxing since I started and he's like my second dad and I feel like now because he can't boss me around as much in the boxing gym because <laughs> I kind of have that on the lockdown I feel like now golf because I'm terrible uh, I feel like this is where he can boss me around a lot and constantly try and get me to improve which is great but I'm just I golfed today and I was I was terrible. Like I kind of wanted to throw. If I wasn't with Milan, I would have threw a club in the in the bush and left it there probably. But well, I've been talking about golf a little more than usual this summer because I have had my own tribulations and I'm also terrible. And I pretty much every round I've had this year, I've thought, okay, this is my last round. It's just not worth it anymore. But then by the end, you're like, oh, I got to keep trying. I don't want to give you up. You hit that one good shot, and you're like, oh, that's totally it. Why can't I do that the whole round? Well, I've had some rounds where I didn't hit a good shot, Jelena. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I had, you know what the problem was? Is I had a really good round early on um, where I've shot my best score ever, and then now I'm constantly frustrated if I'm if I doesn't look achievable, if that score doesn't, then I get frustrated. Well, that that is part of the problem. I think you have to have a a realistic range. I and, always want to be better. Like well, I think you should always try and challenge yourself to be better at everything. Well, I I agree, but golf is not a sport that does not lend itself to to often setting a new personal best, right? Well, and and this is my problem because I I don't work like that. So it's really that's why golf is frustrating. And Milan is loving it because it's a love hate. Because he loves because he bosses me around, but he hates that I can't get better consistently. Well, maybe you are getting better consistently. It, it is just such a game though where you might play for a summer and shave two strokes off your average. And, and another thing about golf is, and this is what I've been separating in my mind. You have to separate a bad swing from a bad result because you could you can have a good swing, and have a bad result and, and drive up your score. Like I was golfing last week at the quarry, and I hit a good uh, shot into the green. It landed just short of the green, and it must have hit something and it kicked to the left and then like rolled into a bunker by like two inches. So then I'm screwed because I can't get out of the sand. So I had to tell myself, okay, I'm going to take a high score. But I, sh- but I should be focusing on repeating that swing that I used to get the ball to that point. Right. Kind of sounds like you're making excuses for not being as good that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe. But I have Just to take kidding. little. I have to take small victories out of anything because I'm so I'm so <laughs> lousy. You want to stick around and talk about your favorite boxing movie when we get back? Sure. Yeah. Jelena Mergenovic in studio on Inside Sports. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Inside Sports on 630 Chad, it's 8.52. This portion of the show is presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit Action Furnace. Go to 630Ched.com. You can enter the online auction to golf with Jordan Eberle and Grant Fewer. At the uh, at the Glendale for the Celebrity Pro Am for the Oil Country Championship, the top bid right now two thousand and five dollars. It is open until four p.m. on Friday. You can text six thirty six thirty. The phone number is seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have the Eskimos and 
the Tiger Cats on Chet on Saturday. 5 o'clock kickoff. We'll sign on at 3.30 with the pregame show. The Blue Jays won today 10-4 in Arizona. Brad Richards retires from the NHL. The Capitals avoid arbitration with Marcus Johansson. Three years, $13.75 million. The Avalanche avoid arbitration with Mikhail Grigorenko. One year, $1.3 million. The Canadian women's Olympic soccer team getting ready uh, for the Olympics. Uh, they beat China today 1-0 in France. Edmonton Stephanie Labay with the shutout. World Boxing Champ Jelena Mergenovic is in studio. We were talking about sports movies uh, earlier. Is there a boxing movie that uh, you think stands out? I, you know, I have to go. We kind of touched on this. I have to go with the Rocky movies. And only because when I watched them, I hadn't started boxing yet. So to me, I just I was just watching them for the... The entertainment value. I mean, it's a great story. I like the background of the story. How Sylvester Stallone like wouldn't sell the the the. Have you ever heard that story, where he though his part of the he wrote this. Yeah, right? yeah, he wrote and the first he, one, right? He they didn't want him to star in it, and that was part of his non-negotiable. So he's like, no, I want to be in the movie, and uh, so he ended up starring in the movie, and that kind of made his career. Right? Oh, totally. So. I like the story behind it, but you know, now being a boxing, a, a boxer, I'm sure if I watched it again, I wouldn't be as as kind of attached to it. Um, but I still have to go with the Rockies. I mean, you have for now how many of them are there? Like too many to count. Well, seven, I guess, seven, counting Creed. Yeah. yeah. So. So how many boxers substitute the heavy bag with a side of beef? Oh, that's every night. <laughs> uh, Ah, <laughs> uh, that's classic. Uh, well, I got. I watched. Uh, I saw all the five Rockies when they first came out. I finally watched Rocky Balboa a few weeks ago because yeah. my all my buddies were like, "You should actually watch Creed. It's pretty good." And but Rocky Balboa, I think, is almost ten years old already. Yeah. yeah. And then it, it's amazing. It's it's amazing that it's still going and that oh. people still go and it hasn't. Because there are some of the Rocky movies, let's face it, aren't aren't that great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but they, they, he keeps the franchise alive. Oh, 100%. I mean, I was chasing chickens at the farm, like, trying to be like Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> who would play Jelena Mergenovich in a movie? Oh, who knows? Everybody thought I was Hilary Swank in Million Dollar Baby, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, did you like Million Dollar Baby? I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Like okay, human tragedy aside, story. like yeah. human interest story, great on that end. Boxing, uh, hard to say. Do you start questioning? Like, do you watch boxing movies and question their authenticity, or get irritated if they're not overly authentic? You know what? I was actually thinking about that with the um, Southpaw, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Oh right. Um, and from what I heard from couple of friends that managed gyms down in LA like he was in there and actually training and trying to learn how to do it so I mean when you hear that end you kind of have a little bit of sympathy for how not authentic it looks um the other thing is is Roberta Duran's coming out with his movie um Hands of Stone and you know I was down in when I was at the last fights in Vegas he was down there promoting the movie and I was kind of talking to him about it and it looks super cool so that's one I think might be actually really authentic because I think he had a hand um, in making the movie as mm -hmm. well um, and from what I've seen from the trailers it looks pretty good so I'm excited to watch that one that one's out in August sometime all right hey thanks for coming in 
What's the date of your fight again? October 8th, so we're still a ways away. All right, well, we'll talk to you again before then. How do people follow you on Twitter and the uh, internet and all that fun at, stuff? At Jelena Boxing, that's my Twitter and uh, Instagram and everything, so J-E-L-E-N-A. It's a pleasure to have you in again. Thanks for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. That is Jelena Mergenovic. She's the WBC and WBA featherweight champion. This has been Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thank you so much for listening. Besides Jelena, you heard from Andrew Walker from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Brett Ferguson, former U of A Golden Bear. He's going to play hockey in France. Joined us as well. Kevin Carius from Global was in studio. Eskimos play-by-play voice Morley Scott. And Eskimos linebacker Dion Lacey was on the show as well. More Eskimos and Tiger Cat preview stuff tomorrow. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The studio producer this evening, the one and old on one and only. The one and old. Yeah, you're just old, Bernard. Why don't you retire already? I do have a few gray hairs, so. <laughs> Bernard Sewin. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always a pleasure to bring you this program. Talk to you tomorrow. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.